This is the Bartholomew Town Podcast. Welcome to another edition of the Bartholomew Town Podcast. I'm your host, Bill Bartholomew. From our Providence, Rhode Island studios, we take a dive into the Newport, Rhode Island City Council race, sitting down with first-time candidate Valerie Larkin. Valerie addresses many issues and concerns facing Newport and other communities right now, particularly having to do with zoning and striking a balance between growth in a city and the disruption of that city's character and local economy as a consequence of said growth. And before we dig into our conversation with Valerie Larkin, if you're in the Rhode Island listening area and you want an opportunity to get more involved in the democratic process, well, we invite you out to our own signature event. We've invited several candidates, gubernatorial candidates and city council candidates and otherwise out to the parlor where the 200 Broadway open mic happens on Wednesday evenings. I'm there hosting with my co-host Dave Flamond. We're there Wednesdays. It's a songwriter showcase that we do downtown Newport. But tomorrow night, we've got a special event. We've invited a bunch of candidates that uh, many of whom have been on this program, Bartholomew Town. But most importantly, we invite you, the community, to come and meet some of these candidates, particularly the independent candidates who don't necessarily have the machine behind them, a chance to go Introduce yourselves, find out what's going on, and perhaps sign many of these candidates for statewide office. They need a thousand signatures uh, right now before um, basically before the end of next week. Um, And they have to be real signatures, by the way, you know, (laughs) in other words, you actually have to be a voter, a registered voter. And, and, and it's, so it's challenging, you know, it's not just people who support, Uh, they have to be real signatures of, of actual voters. So Uh, If you want to get involved in the process, again, it's 200 Broadway tomorrow night, 8 p.m. at the parlor. And you can follow me on Twitter at and you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Bill Bartholomew for more details. 200 welcomes Bartholomew Town tomorrow night for a signature event and a chance for many of the candidates to address you personally. If you're in Newport or otherwise, come over the bridge if you're not. And for those of you outside of the Rhode Island listening area, hey, let's hope we can do this on a national level, one on one. Meet and greets, food, music, conversation, and not forced, like like real deal. Just we're going to be there anyway, and we're just going to have a conversation. There's no, uh, <laughs> not too much planning at all going into this other than just be there, and we'll see what happens. A great experiment. A lively experiment, as they'd say over in Hummel World on PBS. All right, let's get to Valerie Larkin, city council candidate, Newport, Rhode Island. Okay, so we are here at the Bartholomew Town Loft here in Providence, Rhode Island with Newport City Council candidate in uh, Ward 2, Valerie Larkin. Thank you so much for your time this morning. Appreciate it. Thank thank you so much for having me. Yeah, it's super exciting to dig into Newport politics here on uh, this program, something we haven't really touched at all, so... I, I feel kind of honored to be here because you've had all of these uh, Rhode Island luminaries. And uh, so, um, yeah, I, I feel honored. And it's great to see uh, Newport uh, represented here. Absolutely. And uh, when you look at when you think about Newport, it's not it's certainly not population wise a mega city, but it definitely has a, uh, an international reputation. It's a prominent mm-hmm. city in New England at the Absolutely. very least. And so, so we're, what, how did you end up in Newport, I guess? And, and 
What's that story? I I first uh, came up here in uh, 1980. Uh, I had graduated from college. And I went, uh, after college, I was uh, commissioned as a naval officer. So I came up to Newport for the first time uh, to attend uh, Naval um, Officer Candidate School. And I fell in love with the place as soon as I got here. It's just an incredible city. And um, even though I... Decided not to make a career out of the Navy, although I did end up going to work for them as a civilian. Um, I knew that this was the place I wanted to call home. And you've been here ever since? Uh, I, I have not been in Newport ever since. I've lived in a couple of other places in Rhode Island, um, but they weren't like Newport. Right. And uh, I, came, <laughs> I came back to Newport uh, in 2015 and I think I'm pretty well set here. Yeah, you're going to, yeah. you're parked. Yes. Um, let's talk about, I saw a Facebook post a few weeks ago, or maybe it was a week ago now. I can't, I'm losing track of, of time in this heat here. Yeah. Uh, that you were going to announce your candidacy now. You have declared it. And where's that at? Have you formed any kind of organization around what you're what you're doing, or is it still in the very beginning phase? Uh, it's it's still in the beginning phase. Uh, I just filed um, my uh, candidacy papers last week. Um, I have been talking to a core group of people to um, to assist me with my candidacy. You know, city council elections are. Um, I don't want to say low key, but they're they're not big endeavors like a state uh, election or a congressional race. So I'm I'm in that phase right now, and mainly what I'm doing is talking to people in the city and in my ward just to see where they're at, what things are important to them, what their concerns are, and what have you found so far? The biggest. <laughs> You know, I would say, well, people have a lot of concerns. I think the biggest concern when it comes to city government is that a lot of people have this perception that um, things are done in, in back rooms. A lot of deals are, are done behind closed doors. And right or wrong, that's how people see things often. And they, uh, they resent that. Um, and rightly so. I, mean, I one of the one of my core philosophies, one of the the uh, things that's central to to my campaign, is that uh, government should be totally transparent, and that's something that uh, a lot of candidates have said and and do say. It doesn't always come to uh, fruition, but I am a very firm believer in that. I don't want uh, any decisions. Uh, that being made that impact me or the place I live uh, out of my view. And I don't want uh, other people in my city to, um, to feel that way. So uh, I think that um, it's very important. Everything is done in the open, that people are engaged. And uh, there are a lot of, uh, there are a lot of, a lot of smart people in Newport. A lot of people have very good ideas, and it's important to listen to them. Everyone should be engaged, particularly people who uh, have 
felt uh, not represented or disempowered? Is there a large percentage, just a you know, kind of a, a ballpark estimate of how many of how many people the percentage feel like they're not engaged in the government whatsoever? Is it most people, or do, do they have that perception? You know, it, it's it's hard to put put a number on it. I th- I think that. Um, when people have feelings like that and they they tend to express them whether that's a majority of people or not i don't know but i think if you took a poll and you asked people that question i think you'd find a pretty large percentage of people would would say they feel that way right particularly in newport for some reason in a way yes let's get to the issues um get them out of the way before more exciting stuff uh, Newport's definitely going through a lot of change right now. Just on the surface, you can see if you drive or walk down Broadway, you'll see there's all kinds of renovations yes. happening. You'll feel sort of a different local vibe, I guess, down there as well. Less residents, more Airbnb guests. Right. And tons of new proposals or, in some cases, I think plans going through for hotels and things of yes. this sort. So. Where do you stand, kind of broadly speaking, on zoning and the development of Newport um, and how that affects the local community that's there, not only that that lives there, but also oftentimes will staff many of these businesses or or Mm -hmm. engage them otherwise? Well, you know, we we are always going to have growth. Growth is not a bad thing. In fact, it can be a good thing. It can be an economic driver. But it has to be intelligent growth. Uh, one of the things that I'm concerned about, and you mentioned uh, hotels and Airbnbs, um, Airbnbs are a particular concern of mine, and I'm not saying that I am against them. I mean, I have stayed in Airbnbs. I don't, I don't think they're necessarily a bad thing. However, um, I'm also concerned that the people who work in Newport, the people who have lived here, that they can continue to have housing that, well, if not affordable, at least isn't exorbitant. And what I think is going on in Newport, it's going on in a lot of places, is that people are taking properties that traditionally would have been long-term rentals and turning them into short-term rentals. Uh, And that, of course, drives the price up in the rental market. So I think we need to look at this issue very carefully. I'm not saying we should ban Airbnbs, but I think it really needs to be looked at. Um, You know, I don't have an issue with someone who owns a house, they've owned the house for years, and they have you know, a spare room that they're, they're, uh, they're renting out to guests. But uh, I think we need to look at all these things. And, and um, you know, Newport uh, is a tourist city. Uh, people need places to stay when they come here. Uh, so I'm not saying that every hotel project is bad, but we need to look at them. Uh, how do they fit into our city? Um, are we allowing projects that are too large in scale that don't fit in with the character of our city? So I'm not taking a wholesale position for or against new hotels or for Airbnbs or any of those things, but I think that uh, the most important thing is how are the people, the lives of people who live in Newport affected by these changes?
Absolutely. What about some of the broader issues affecting the city right now? Mm. The sort of the division between haves and have-nots. It's <laughs> yes. always been there in Newport. I mean, get real. It's not like it's a new thing. Absolutely. Uh, but bridging, I feel like there's an organic community that happens on Broadway where I have friendships with people who are homeless or and also who are making probably a zillion dollars and own yachts mm-hmm. and that it sort of works somehow on Broadway can that yes can, I guess, can, can that be expanded to the entire city that I, attitude I actually live I live a very short walking distance from Broadway uh, I absolutely love Broadway. You know, my my favorite coffee place in the world is a short walk down the street from my front door. Uh, we have a lot of great restaurants, some really fun bars. Uh, Broadway, I think, is maybe one of the best things that has happened in Newport in years. Uh, we we now have had, I think it's been two years now, the uh, the street festival. Yes. Yep. Um and you've you've played at it. Uh, it's just a really great day. Um, I'd like to see it more than once a year, actually, because it is so much fun. Everybody is out, and and you are absolutely correct in that. Broadway is an amazing community. It's a place where we really see all of these diverse um, constituents of of Newport, and. Uh, so many people, and I think if you if you went out on the street here in Providence and you talk to you ask people, oh, what is Newport about? What do you what do you what comes to mind when someone mentions Newport? They would probably say it's a place where rich people live in big mansions and they sail yachts. And sure, we have we have people like that in Newport. They're a part of the community. Uh, I think some people would like to um, perpetrate that image in Newport because they want to attract people with a lot of money. And yeah, we we want we want people to come in and spend money. Sure, uh, because a lot of people make their livelihoods uh, in the in the t- tourist business. But if that's the vision that or the the uh, the picture that people have of Newport, it's it's not really an accurate picture. There are all kinds of new, especially I think a really vibrant, uh, creative class of people. Right, and that's something that growing up in Rhode Island, I didn't really know existed in Newport. Mm-hmm. You know, I had that same perception, even though I only lived forty five minutes away, that it was. Certainly not a place for arts and technologies and things like this to Yes, to, yes, to absolutely. Happen, right? A lot of people think that Newport is very fuddy-duddy. <laughs> and, <laughs> right. uh, you know, I... Um, some of my my favorite places in in the country, well, other than Newport, uh, places like Portland, Oregon, and well, Austin, Texas. I went there for the the um, uh, the first time last year, and these are places that they kind of embrace their weirdness. You know, like that they even have slogans. You know, uh, keep Portland weird and yeah, keep, keep Austin, Austin weird. weird. Yep. <laughs> and you know, I kind of would like to keep Newport weird. Yeah. Um, I know some people might think it's weird to say that, but uh, uh, I think that uh, encouraging uh, artists, making places for them, uh, as well as you know our our uh, tech uh, economy, um, so we can we can learn a lot by what uh, people have done in other cities. Right. What do you think the big 
you know, obviously population and and the fact that it's, you know, it is what it is, you know, the obvious things. What, what would it take to get uh, Newport to become sort of an Austin or San Antonio or Chattanooga, Tennessee, one of these sort of buzz cities that attracts, um, I guess, a lot of new ideas and, and, and mm-hmm. interest, you know? Well, actually, what I think Newport should be is a Newport. Yeah, no, that's but, fair. Uh, yep. But... A unique Newport and a Newport that um, attracts uh, a diversity of backgrounds and cultures and and opinions. And uh, there are several factors in that. One is uh, making the city an affordable place to live. And that is a challenge. um, It's... um, well, it's it's kind of a cruel dichotomy. If you have a place where a lot of people want to be, if it's a great place, well, it's it's supply and demand. So, of course, that makes it a more expensive place to live. But there maybe there are ways if we really think about it that we can somehow um, create niches for people that um, that will allow, say, more artists and musicians to come in. And and also, we need to consider the people who are already here. We have a lot of people uh, in Newport, uh, well, many people who live uh, around or below the poverty line, a lot of working people, uh, a lot of people who are working several jobs to, to, uh, to, to uh, make ends meet, as well as we have uh, a homeless contingent. So... Um, Doing what we can to make the city more affordable, that's part of it. Um, Investing more in uh, the arts. uh, And I think Newport is doing a pretty good job of that, but uh, perhaps the city could uh, do more to facilitate that. And one of the things that, um, you know, I think about city government there, you know, I I am not pretending that I'm coming in here and I have all of the answers. Uh, I don't know everything, but there are a lot of people in the city who do, um, and they either have been deliberately uh, uh, kept out of the process, or they just feel as if their voices don't matter. So uh, when you get the citizens, citizenry more engaged, you're going to have all of these good ideas coming out. And my view of city government is if somebody has a great idea, if it's something that's going to make the city better in some way, you know, if you can't be there actively helping them, at least don't be an impediment to them. Absolutely right. In terms of uh, Rhode Island politics right now, it's been a crazy week here. (laughs) Yes, it has. It's nothing new, though. The Democratic Party is fairly right of center, especially in in Rhode Island in Mm -hmm. general. Right. And we've seen this sort of wave here with Matt Brown at Mm -hmm. the gubernatorial race, uh, Representative Aaron Regenberg, Lieutenant Gubernatorial, now Patricia Fonts in the Mm -hmm. Senate race. Mm -hmm. Um and we're seeing this progressive wing of the Democratic Party emerge in Rhode Island. Now, just from knowing you and following your Facebook post <laughs> since <laughs> November 2016, and certainly preceding that, um, I feel like you may in many ways empathize with that movement. Um, if not be wholeheartedly a part of it, you certainly are, are understand what's going on there with this progressive movement. What, what, right. What's your thoughts on this struggle within the Rhode Island Democratic Party 
to know who they are and what their message is? Well, well first of all, um, before I answer that question, I do want to emphasize uh, I am not an affiliated candidate. In the, in the city of Newport, our elections are nonpartisan. So I am not running as a Democrat or a Republican. Uh, we don't uh, we don't run as a Democrat or Republican in Newport. Uh, also, I work for the federal government, so I have to be careful there. Um, I mean, obviously, I can belong to a party. I can support a party, but I cannot you know, actively represent a party. That being said, <laughs> now, as I said, I first came to the state in 1980. Um, and fell in love with the state, its beauty, uh, and, uh, and, you know, all of the wonderful people here, you know, especially Newport. At the same time, I just was, I could not figure out the political landscape in this state. And I come from New Jersey. If you know <laughs> yeah. anything about New Jersey, right. uh, that uh, politically, it's a pretty strange place. But, um, yeah. but what we're seeing in this state, and, um, you know, we had... Well, we had this controversy over the um, endorsements that the Rhode Island Democratic Party made to, um, in particular, two progressive women um, were running against very regressive male candidates. One of them who switched party affiliation. Michael Earnhardt. Yes, I, I wasn't going to mention yeah. names, but yes, <laughs> I'll throw them out there. And and that was that was really I thought uh, that was totally ridiculous. Uh, I, you know, uh, Rhode Island is the most democratic state in the country. It's very reliably blue, um, but it is certainly not progressive. Uh, the problem with the the well, the Republican Party is 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 you know very weak because they uh, are they're a minority in the state government. They have been as long as as I know. But the Democratic Party, uh, the the so called leadership, has been uh, rather conservative, and I think the two things that those people fear the most are progressives and women. And there have been a wave of progressives, uh, the uh, the candidates that you mentioned in particular and others, and a lot of them have been women. And um, this is, you know, this story made the news and, and I, I saw it picked up by the New York Times and the Washington Post. But it's uh, it's really nothing new. It's been going on for uh, for years in Rhode Island. And I think we've reached the tipping point. A lot of uh Progressive people, and particularly women, have said, "Just we're not taking this BS anymore." And uh, I think we're going to see, uh, and we're also seeing a wave of women candidates all over the country. And and that's you know we know that's a, a, a large part. It's a it's a reaction to 2016. So um, hopefully, uh, this state is going to be shaken up a bit. Um, we have some really great uh, progressive people in office and more people running for office. And um, I think it's about time that uh, some of the leadership retires. And they, they may, he may not have a choice. We'll see how it goes in District 15. It's definitely a contentious yes. race at this point. Yeah. Let's let's just zero back to Newport uh, real quick. Just speaking in terms of uh, the current 
um, I'd, I'd say administration, however you want to call, it, look mm-hmm. perceive it, the nature of the beast. We the the mayor is essentially elected out, out of the at large council right. members, so it's basically a group administration. Where, what what they're doing now? What are some positives and what are some things you'd like to change if you were to be elected? Well. The the way that we uh, we determine who the mayor is in Newport right now is kind of I think an arcane process. Um, to uh, to be eligible for mayor, first of all, you have to be one of the at large candidates. So I would not be eligible, and uh, you have to have been uh, in office for two years. Uh, beyond that, uh, after the city council election is settled, all the the votes are in, and they determine who the new council will be. Then there's a process where the the council members get together and vote on who who will be mayor. And that process, I think in the past, and I'm not saying anything that's a big secret, I think there's been some uh, arm twisting involved and um, politicking. you know, I I like public service. I like government. I don't really like politics that much. I don't like the, you know, I'll scratch your back if you scratch mine kind of stuff that goes on. And that's one of the things I think we should change. Uh, the, you know, we could determine who the mayor is very simple by the, uh, the votes. Uh, whoever... In, in my opinion, whoever gets the most votes uh, for city council out of the at-large candidates should be mayor uh, because that's – the people have spoken. Uh, so I think that's a process that we need to change. As far as anything – any policies going on right now, is there anything specifically that you think is kind of front and center needs to be addressed in, in terms of revisions – well, I just think that um, my my big thing is transparency. Uh, I think a lot of these things, and you know, there was this whole kerfuffle over the uh, over the Newport Armory. Um, if the city is going to make a big, you know, a major uh, deal, um, they should get the input from people in the city. Uh, it should be done entirely out in the open. Uh, nothing done behind closed doors. Couldn't agree more about that one. <laughs> Last question. What's your, um, you know, how would you describe yourself in terms of your, you know, in this age of Trump and <laughs> what do you do? What do you do to get by as just, just a person who's trying to, you know, stay level-headed am- amongst a sea of idiocy you well, know what i mean <laughs> yes it, it is it not is, getting roped into right the fights basically. right it, it yes it, it has been been difficult um i i think that you know my my feelings were no different than a lot of people uh in november 2016 uh it was it was traumatic uh and what were seen in this country it's something that's been ongoing for for at least the last few decades um politically we're we're becoming more polarized um but what what that last election uh 
did in particular, it gave voice to a lot of people who are just angry. Now, there are some people who are angry for good reason, but a lot of people are just angry because they don't like other people. Uh, there's been, uh, you know, a lot of people have felt uh, freer to um, make overt expressions of racism and xenophobia and homophobia. Uh, this is coming out, out a lot more in the open. Um, America is, well, seemingly a less tolerant uh, society and one that is more intolerant and, and hateful. And I think we need to, you know, we need to get back to the basic level of all of us are people. Uh, we need to put an end to this, uh, this politics of hate. Um, Run, you know, candidates uh, appealing to people's basic instincts or baser instincts. I mean, yeah. uh, yes, yeah. baser <laughs> instinct. You know, the, um, right. And instead, appealing to their, you know, to to their highest levels. Um, when I grew up, there was this perception the world had of America, and it was not entirely true. We, you know, that's certainly true. This country's always had problems. But, uh, I mean, when I was little, I, I always thought of America as the place where, um, you know, we were the example where people are free, where human rights are protected and respected we were that kind of a beacon of hope for the rest of the world the city on the hill exactly yeah. <laughs> exactly and uh well we've kind of tumbled down the hill now right. so it, it is it is difficult in this age but i think um i think we all have to remember that and it's one of the good things about being engaged on the local level is that the people who are your constituency they're people you go out on the street and talk to and when we talk to each other face to face, I think that um, uh, you know we we see that all of us have concerns, we all have uh, dreams, we all have aspirations, and if we do that, I think yeah, we can make the world a better place. Absolutely, it's local seems to be reemerging in yes. music, in right. media, in certainly in politics. I know yes. that just having food, everything, food, yeah. absolutely, yeah. Yeah. Um, and just having a few mayors or former mayors, Lieutenant Governor Dan McKee, former mayor of Cumberland, um, now CEO of Ripta, mm-hmm. Scott Avedisian, yeah. long-time mayor of Warwick, um, and, and McKee was a long-time mayor in Cumberland as well. Their number one, to me, the uh, advantage that they that they've gained from being in city government is just having that relationship with each individual um, member of their constituency yes mm-hmm. and you just don't you won't see that at a statewide office really even a representative the nature of the beast is doesn't seem like it's as hands-on but um, being involved in city government you really can make an impact in an in, in individual's life even just by hearing them out and taking their concerns into the machine, if you will. Mm-hmm. Most right. definitely, yeah. yeah. Any uh, parting words for our audience out there, especially those listening via the Newport Buzz or uh, my friends down there in Newport? Well, I would, I would just say to, to people in Newport, be engaged. Um, you know, I'm, the reason that I am running for office, it's not that I think I'm, you know, some genius who 
has all the answers to how to solve the problems in our city. I do have some ideas. But I believe in civic involvement. I Democracy is um, something that uh, can only be maintained if everyone is involved in it. So whatever, you know, not everyone should run for office, of course, but uh, whether voting is a big thing, everyone should vote. Um, being involved in your community, um, doing what you can, being a part of it, that is very important. So I would just say to people in Newport, this is not someone else's city, it's your city. So, you know, do what you can to make it yours. It's almost like the anti-litter campaigns put that into anti-government litter. You exactly. Know what I mean? <laughs> exactly. It's yours. Yes. Yes. It's all yours, you know? Yeah. No one else's, you know? Right. We share it collectively, but it's there's no third-party alien that we know of anyway that's, that actually is making the decisions. Not know? that we know of. Right. Not, right. <laughs> not, yeah. not impossible. Yeah. Um, other than at Empire on Broadway, what's the best way for people to reach out to you if they're interested in getting more information about your campaign or how they can support you? Do you have a website? or? Well, I don't have a website. I do have a Facebook page, uh, yeah. Valerie Larkin for um, uh, Newport City Council, Second Ward. So you can find me on Facebook. Uh, I'm just developing the online presence. I've got people helping me with that, so that'll be uh, be rolling out more in the next few weeks, and um, and you'll see me around. I'll be out going door to door, and uh, I'm looking forward to talking to to everybody. Hey, thanks for listening. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts or your favorite listening platform. You may find us at BartholomewTown.com ripodcast.com or you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Bill Bartholomew Hope to have you with us on our next episode of the Bartholomew Town Podcast. Talk soon.